You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Now I'm Evan Klosky. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and email us LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join Ulysses and I to get in on the Tampa Bay Rays action and conversation. Okay, it's a Friday, which means we're again pleased to be joined by WTSP Channel 10 Sports Director Evan Klosky. And Evan, uh, you're smiling right now. You look to be in a good mood because your boy, your New York Mets boy and Tampa native, Pete Alonzo, killed it in the home run derby and is uh, a little bit richer now. It, it was a repeat. That's it. That is what happened. You know, we had you. We had, you work in sports media. You are. I mean, you just come we, come out with it. We had we had uh, the, the, I was really jealous uh, at the the Mets. Twitter account when Alonzo hit the home run at the drop and they put St. Pete. And I was like, oh. I wish I thought of that first. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think of repeat first either. So I'm missing, I'm over two on the Pete Alonzo puns, but I will totally steal them every which turn. But uh, yeah, I mean, Alonzo, that was the equivalent of, of Joey Chestnut in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Like at the very beginning, you knew he was going to win it and there was no breaking a sweat. This guy even had to like, the Joey Chestnut head bobbing, uh, getting pumped up in the middle of that derby. Uh, it was, it was something to watch, but I mean, it was really good just to see all the, all the stars kind of show out in the game. And, and that's really what's important. And, and also seeing like the Rays have a tremendous outing. I mean, from, from cash getting the win and Zanino popping a home run and, and Wendell and Kittredge. I mean, literally uh, all four Rays just had a stellar night. But yeah, for me, it was it was special to watch Pete do his thing. How about him bobbing his head up and down to the, to the vibe of his own theme music that was happening inside of his head, psyching oh. himself up and, and taking time and then asking the crowd to, yeah, to get up on their feet? Was- I mean, honestly, he's a showman. He just felt so at home at that home run derby. I cannot wait for next year and see this guy go at it again and, and, and tie the record for, for, three, for being a three-time champion. And this is going to be really cool to watch. That, that's what it's all about, though. Like taking that time out with two, like yes. he has a minute left and two homers and playing to the crowd. You know, base, baseball needs that. Baseball needs more of that, more of that swag, more of that, um, I, I guess I would say pompous attitude. But, we, you know, we love Pete. I mean, like Pete, Pete is a guy who's confident in himself. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. That's, that's good for the game. Uh, I think yes. kids watching that had a ton of fun. And that's all I care about. Yeah. Just guys having fun. Young players having fun. I think that's important. It's really not that hard to do. If you're a baseball player, have some fun, enjoy the all-star game, go and and take it for what it's uh, worth. It, it's so funny because if he does, I mean, he's already made, I guess, what, $2 million on the home run derby. He's basically yeah. 
you know, double, triple, you know, did two days of work and he's uh, out earned all his career earnings for the most part. So congratulations <laughs> to the Tampa kid, Pete Alonso. He'll be on Davis Islands very soon once he gets that new contract. Ooh. <laughs> Hanging out with uh, Stu Sternberg, uh, Tom Brady, and all the others there. Okay, let's get into some housekeeping here with the Rays and the MLB. We enter the second half of the season. That begins tonight. Want to get into some grades and evaluations from the Rays' first half. Of course, they sit at 53 and 37. They're one and a half back of the Red Sox. They're tops in the wild card above the A's. Um, couple questions here. And Ulysses, we discussed this on Green Room uh, earlier in the week, but I do want to get Evan's take and maybe revisit our takes on this. But I have kind of a listing of Raised team MVP thus far, biggest surprise thus far, and biggest disappointment thus far. So let's go ahead and start with team MVP. Who has been the raised team, team MVP of the first half of this season? Uh, you know, this is going to sound crazy. And um, he is currently on the injured list. But I'm going to make it a tie between this guy and another guy. But I'm going to say uh, Ryan Thompson tied with Andrew Kittredge. Because as crazy as that sounds, mm-hmm. and I know there's a, there's, we can go through a ton of players and I'm not even going to argue against it because this is a really a deep team that their success is spread across a lot of lanes. This isn't like Fernando Tatis or Vladdy Jr. You know, they, they don't necessarily have that surefire like yeah. stud. We, we hope that Wander is going to be that, but uh, in, in due time. Having said that, I just feel like this bullpen is – a huge reason why the team is where it is today. They have a, a three something ERA. They're the second best bullpen ERA in major league baseball. Uh, I always say that that Ryan Thompson's the old, the old crap pitcher and <laughs> hopefully he comes back at the end of, of July. But literally when, when the SHI, you know, what is hitting the fan right. uh, cash calls down to Ryan Thompson. Yeah. And Kittredge has been very similar in that route. I mean, that guy has been from opener to middle of the game, sticky situation to closing a game, you know, talking with Michael Waka yesterday, he just said, it's so impressive looking at this team in the bullpen. It's really, you know, you have fresh arms and whenever you're needed, you step in. There aren't really designated pitchers. Diego Castillo is probably the one closer. And even saying that in the middle of the first half, he kind of got put aside from his closing duties and JP fire and stepped in. And so I know there's a lot of people that we can give the MVP award, but I, to me, the number one focal point is the bullpen. So mm-hmm. I want to actually reward the bullpen and people in the bullpen who have impressed me. And I think Ryan Thompson and Andrew Kittredge are at the top of my list of people who have just exceeded my expectations and have been vital parts of this team's success. Evan Klosky sounds like a future manager coach, giving credit to the entire bullpen there. <laughs> Not picking out one single guy, but hey, the I'd entire pick, team. I picked Thompson and Kittredge. Okay, I got you there. Uh, the bullpen, by the way, has a two four seven ERA since April 22nd, and that's with some yes. injuries. That's without... Nick Anderson, that's with the struggles of Pete Fairbanks and some others there. So not a bad answer from that standpoint. Uh, Ulysses, who was your uh, team MVP of the first half for the Rays? Yeah, I'll have to go with a bat, and that's Joey Wendell. uh, Because in April, when this team was just treading water, uh, 
you couldn't win games if you hadn't had Joey Wendell. Mm-hmm. And that would have put you in a really big hole before the, the Rays went on to that stretch of winning what 11 in a row or 16 out of 17 games. They were, I think 15 and 16, 16 and 16. Like what would have that team record looked like if Joey Wendell hadn't been Joey Wendell? I mean, you're talking a, a negative record under 500, does that get into the psyche uh, 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 of players? You've talked about World Series hangovers. Well, if you're a World Series runner-up, does that also entail, like, oh, maybe we're, we're not that good this season? You know, all of those things, Joy Wendell allowed the whole team to not do that. It, he allowed the bullpen to get better, to kind of get the gears working on April 22nd, like you said. So I, I'd have to go with, with Joy Wendell. And besides, isn't that nice to put somebody a third, second, wherever you need him yes. in the middle of the game, like you, it, he gives you so much versatility and you're not losing any defensive prowess in, 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 in any of the, uh, of the positions that he plays. So Joey Wendell up and down the lineup, I'll have to give it to him. I mean, he was really the guy that kept the team afloat earlier on in the season where they were hovering around a 500 team there. And mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how his role changes or evolves with all the new rookies getting called up. Uh, look, I know this is, I just want to give a different answer from you guys. I'm going to go with Mike Zanino. He was the first raised player to get selected for the all-star game. The fact that what he does with the pitching staff defensively and a lot of his homers this year. Yeah, we can, we can crap on the average and the strikeout rate, but a lot of his hits, a lot of his homers have been in big situations and tight games. Yeah. So I'm going to give that uh, give a little kudos to him. And also, you know, the value too, uh, as far as uh, making $2 million, taking a biggest, a huge pay cut from the prior year and being as productive on the whole as he's been. Mike Zunino is in a very great position and a, mm-hmm. a, tremendous right now, because th- if they pick up his option, it's 4 million guaranteed and right. it can go up to 7 million by the, by the number of games played the way that they're using him right now this year, if you, if they use him like that next year, it would guarantee the 7 million. So then there's another conversation here. Is Mike Zunino going to be too expensive for the race mm. of how they want to use him in 2022? So are you really putting $7 million in a catcher? Cause the way they're using him right now, that would also be seven mil in, in 2021. Do you, do you know what the game threshold is? I don't know if you said that already. I was looking up his I numbers. I can, I can look it up. Okay, because he's played 61 games so far already. I would imagine it'd be like a round number, like 100, 110, something along those lines. But while in, you're looking... Go ahead. In, in also, in, I, I just want to say about Zanino, because at the beginning of the year, it really was... And we forget about it now, but it was kind of a platoon role with Francisco Mejia. And yeah. they were giving Mejia every chance mm-hmm. to... And, and, and Mejia started out with like a 300 average in April or something like that. Um, but Zanino won that job and, you know, he won that job, not only with his, his hat, the, the bat, but also with, as you mentioned, uh, the pitching staff and, and how he's managed the game behind the plate. So, um, you know, Wendell, Zanino, as I said, I, you know, those yeah. are good choices, not arguing against them at all. Okay. In, in, tw- in 2022, the club option escalates from 4 million to 5 million. If he plays 80 games, so, 80 games uh, this it, year. No, 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 no. In 2022, I'm saying like, if you look at how they're using him in 2021, Mm -hmm. if they were to use him that same way in 2022, this is how it would fare out. 4 million base. If he plays 80 games, 5 mil. If he plays 90 games, 6 mil. If he plays 100 games, 
or he is traded at $7 million. Mm. So again, the way they're using him right now, if they were to use him like that in 2022, he would be getting $7 million. And I'll add to this, uh, Kevin Cash, I think, would do his darndest to make sure that Mike Zanino will get that $7 million or get as much as he possibly can. Because exactly. catcher to catcher, and he knows the value he provides, uh, just some food for thought with that. Stu Sternberg might not be happy, but hey, got to do what you got <laughs> to do. Uh, okay, biggest surprise on the race so far this season, first half. Evan? I kind of uh, I kind of took my relief pitching options, but uh, biggest surprise, you know, I'm kind of leading Wendell. Uh, okay, not that I not that I didn't think Wendell was good before the season, but did I think that Joey Wendell was going to be all star caliber? Not so much. I, you know, I saw Joey Wendell as more of a complimentary piece. And he's proven to me in the first half of the season that he is a staple in the lineup, that he's a guy that you can rely on. Uh, and even when the bat's not working, the glove has been there. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, Thompson, Kittredge kind of fit mm-hmm. that role as well. Um, having said that, uh, Joey Wendell's up there. And I'm trying to think of the, you know, I don't want to really cop out, but I'm trying to think if there's another option. Um, your pick is Joey Wendell. You said uh, it. You, Joey you can't manage this Wendell. thing. All okay. right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What it goes to, though, I, I think what it speaks to, Ulysses, is the fact that Evan coming in from a different market and not really having that allegiance to Joey Wendell and seeing what he's done on the field. Yeah. I think that's what people outside of the Rays focal point think of Joey Wendell. Complimentary piece because he doesn't 100%. have that chrome. If, if you're a, a fan of any of the other 29 other teams and, and you're watching the all-star game and you're like, Joey Wendell, why, how is Joey Wendell there? Because he's, he's got that, you know, stereotype of not an all-star, but I mean, if you look yeah. at what he did in 2018 uh, in his rookie year, uh, yeah, this is not his first rodeo. It, it, it's, it, he was hurt with the, with the wrist in 2019, 2020. He was solid. Again, this is, this is a very nice player. Um, but it's to kind of, yeah. Uh, what know. I was going to say to that, it's like, it's almost like the raised version of Jed Lowry. Like nobody, <laughs> yes. you just think yes. Jed Lowry. Okay. But very if good. you look at his career, he's consistent and he's going to be a valuable player. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Your, uh, your pick, your selection for the biggest surprise on the race so far this season. Man, for me, it's a tie between Kittrich and Zanino. Uh, tell me, in February, somebody tells you Andrew Kittrich is going to be the the only pitcher uh, named into the All-Star game. You would have been like, what? He's not even on the team right now. <laughs> Why are you yeah. kidding me? Um, and and same thing for Zanino. You would have been like, have you seen him the last three seasons? Right. Uh, th- there's no way. So what they've done this season, I mean, or Evan already said what the bullpen has done and, and Kittrich, Zanino as well it has to be those two guys for me. It has to, I mean, I don't see another, who can top what Kittredge and, and, and Zunino have done in, in, in a matter of surprise. I think maybe right. your guy, I think your guy is a good mm-hmm. pick for, 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 for surprise though. Yeah. And what I'll add to that is, I mean, Kittredge, he wasn't on the 40 man. He had to sign a minor league deal. We thought yeah. the, the raise of enough arms. I mean, you I mean, he might just be wasting away at AAA and he might have to find a new home, but to see what he's yeah. been able to do and battling back from injury, very impressive. As far as Mike Zanino, I think from a Rays fan perspective, 
we were thinking, yeah, he's never going to turn it around or it, I mean, he can't get any worse. It's got to just go, yeah. but we didn't think it'd go up <laughs> yeah. to this level. But if we look at his history, he did have a couple really good seasons, at least from a power hitting catcher perspective with the Mariners. So it's like, he's done it before. Maybe there's a yeah. chance he could do it, but there'd been so much negativity that we, we'd seen the game consistently from Zanino offensively that it was like, well, in the Rays, I mean, there was a reason they brought him back at half the cost. Like he, yeah. there was no leverage there. So uh, my pick is, and again, just want to give a different answer from you guys, Colin McHugh. That's who I have. That's a really, a really good pick. Because if you watched him in April, holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was bad. And it was, I mean, it was, it was brief, but it was bad. Right He's unhittable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, he, he's still in a one earned run or, or maybe even two Man. in the last like 32 innings. Yeah. It's crazy. Harry, the amount of hits he's had since coming back from the IL in your hand, like a baby bird. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it, it's, he's been tremendous. Right. Uh, yeah. I really, you know, that's a really good, good pick. Uh, a guy that I've forgotten who I shouldn't have forgotten. And no, uh, I no, also I, give a quick shout out to Rich Hill. I want to mention yeah. him. Because you've been a stabilizing force in the beginning of the the starting rotation. I I think I think you actually mentioned it by by your team MVP. Really, this bullpen has been tremendous. Look, 53 wins don't come easy. And I think that it it has to be a whole component. This team is not going to be the Red Sox or, 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 or maybe the Dodgers, you know, the three big stars. It's gonna be everybody. It's gonna be everybody putting in the work like it's a team effort. And I, and I love that you said that because the, the bullpen, if it were an entity, it would be a very valuable entity. Uh, by the way, Colin McHugh has right now a one, six, seven ERA 54 strikeouts and 37 and two thirds innings. Let's remember he didn't pitch in 2020 because of COVID 2019 was one of his worst seasons ever. And then of course he started the season very poorly, went on the IL and he has been uh, like Incredible. Evan said, incredible, unhittable. And I looked at some of the underlying numbers. I mean, the strikeout rate, I mean, naturally that, that is higher, but inducing more ground balls and and not allowing any homers as well. I mean, he's really kind of put it all together. And what really impressed me is against, and I think why he, he doesn't get the, uh, I guess we, we talk, we don't talk. I I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, Ulysses is that Colin McHugh, he does a lot of the bridge innings, middle innings, and and people kind of tune out and they're not focusing on the the fact that he's in the ninth inning or opening or that that he's not a traditional starter or anything like that. So um, very big on Colin McHugh and what he's been able to do this year and, and just, and attacking really good lineups. I mean, I think against the blue Jays, the last time he went out, six strikeouts and three innings. I mean, against one of, if not the best lineup in baseball there. So uh, really good stuff from that perspective. Okay. Now to the, now being some negative Nancy's here, uh, the biggest disappointment on the Rays so far this season. (laughs) Uh, That can be your guess. I mean, I I, I think, I think we all collectively as a whole go Sutsugo. So, okay. um, You know what? Look, uh, Wander is going to be a, a, a fair answer. I'm not willing to go there quite yet. I, I put on my Twitter, I looked at Mike Trout and Vladdy Jr.'s numbers at the same pace of, of Wander right now. All those guys hit less than 230, you know, uh, three homers. If you look at it, it's very similar numbers. Wander, his OBP and his average are, are de- definitely at the bottom versus the other two, but um, – 61 games. There's too much proof out there that it's a smoke screen. You know, I, there's nothing to prove yet. Um, having said that, and this is going to be 
It's going to be a weird answer because he's having a, a pretty good year when you look at his numbers. I'm going to say Randy Rosarena. Uh, mm. He is not having a bad year, so I don't want this to be negative Nancy. He's actually been one of the more consistent players when you look at his stat line. Right. Uh, he steals bases. He does. He's actually been a really good fielder. He's done a lot of good things for this team, and he needs to continue to do that, and he's going to you know, hit at the top of the lineup for the rest of the season. My answer stems from the fact that he came off of this world-beating playoff run right. where we were building him up as this next big thing, as this mm-hmm. guy who was just a force to be reckoned with. I mean, we're talking like 30, 30 possibilities, yeah. and the power just hasn't quite been there the way that we expected it to be. Um, at some point, he's lost focus in games. And um, having said that, he's just his ability to not hit off speed pitching is just really troublesome. His strikeout rate is enormous, like half of a lineup. But it, it, you know, same thing with Lau. I mean, Lau's in a heater right now, so Mm -hmm. we can ignore some things. You know, Ulysses, I'll let you get on him. But yeah, yeah, I just, I just, I don't think. The expectations have met reality with Randy. So I don't come at this as a, as a disappointment angle. I come at this as an expectation angle. I expect Randy to be better. I want him to be better. I want him to be the leader on this team when it comes to best players are concerned until Wanderer can, can get going. And um, you know, I'm hoping for a big second half from a Rosarena uh, more than just the consistent, decent stat line that we've seen thus far. And, you know, maybe I'm I'm pushing him too hard, but that's that's the kind of level that I see him at. No, that's a great answer. And I think that what Randy has gotten into the breaking ball thing for sure. And just trying to always kill the ball, like swinging out of his shoes all the time when he has a nice, smooth swing, slows it down a little bit. Just yeah. seek base hits. You don't have to go chasing homers. In fact, I did read a Topkin article uh, earlier today. And he's got some numbers on Randy. Uh, he hasn't homered since June 17th and has only a 167 average and a 498 OPS over those 17 games since he hasn't homered. So he's struggling. It's been, it's, it's been a tough go. It's been a tough go. But like we said earlier, it's a team-oriented mentality with the Rays. So if Randy's not doing so well, somebody else is going to get on a heater. Like Brendan Lau, for example, has been pretty hot since maybe June 17th. You know, they pick each other up. So that that's always good to see. And I love, I love the way that, Evan, you described that answer because it's not that he's having a bad season, but where the expectations were and where the output is right now, there's definitely a clear disparity right there. And so that's what we're trying to kind of struggle with. Um, It's not a bad season. Randy's not having a bad season, but the expectations were better, were, were higher than this. So is it a disappointment? I guess because of the expectations, but he's not having a bad season now to, to kind of, uh, you know, already go with my answer. Uh, it's, it's tough to say his name right now because he is on a heater, but it, I think Brandon Lau, I, I think it's still a fair uh, answer. Uh, I, I think if you were given the numbers uh, uh, in, in February with, with Kittredge and Zunino being all-stars and you said, well, you know, he's going to have 21 bombs, but he's going to be hovering on the Mendoza line for a while. And the pops only kind of come out in, after mid-June, you would have been really uh, 
you know, intrigued and, and kind of uh, disappointed about that. And I'm, and I still am, I think it's going to be a great half, half of a season for, for Brandon Lau, the yeah. clean slate, the, the complete, like, look, I had a 60 game season last year and I was the team MVP. I've got a little bit more than that left. I can do it. I can go in a tear and I'm, and I'm hot right now. I'm, I'm actually really excited to see what Brendan Lau can do in, in, in the second half. Yeah, that's a good point there with Brandon Lau. And I think that I think he's going to start to figure it out. I think having this break will certainly help him. And the fact that his at bats have looked better as of late, he's not chasing as much down and away junk. And when he, yeah. he sees a mistake, he is doing damage to that mistake. So, but he can be streaky too. So you, you'll, you might get the five home runs in nine games and then you might, you might get like a, you might not get, maybe not a homer, but you might get, you know, 15 strikeouts and 30 at bats. So, but he's been cold in a cold streak since October, October, um, March, April, <laughs> May, June. So it's been five months of, of being cold. Yeah. Look, get hot for the next two, get hot yeah. for the next two. You've had it's your cold streak syndrome where you look yeah. at, the, at the end of the year, you're like, Holy crap. He hit 45 bombs. And then you realize that it was, you know, half of those home runs came in like, two two week heaters right yes and it, it, it you know it's like during those two weeks it's amazing you know when you're watching him for the other month when he's striking out every other at bat it is infuriating right. yes yeah um so my answer i gave this some thought and evan kind of mentioned it there my answer is going to be different than what i said on green room the other night uh i'm gonna go yoshi i'm gonna go yoshi satsugo even though he's no longer on the team uh, yeah. 167 batting average in 87 plate appearances, 462 OPS for a guy making $7 million. By the way, he's done worse in his time with yeah. the Dodgers and just got outrighted to triple a. It, it's just, just throwing this out there. It is kind of funny that when the Rays, I, I don't blame them for spending money because when they, they never spend money. So when they do, I'm actually proud of them, even if that yeah. result isn't good, but, uh, Archer, they threw money at Satsugo, They threw money at Brandon Lau. They threw money at Kiermaier threw a lot of money at. So just something to, to say with that there. Yeah. Built Bar is the greatest protein bar on the planet. It has so many different flavors. We're talking coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. The list goes on and on. And not only are there so many delicious flavors, but they're healthy too. You're talking anywhere from 17, 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from just 130 to 180, just four to five grams sugar, and just four to five grams net carbs. Again, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order them today. And by the way, uh, pretty cool fact here, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. If it's good enough for them, it's definitely good enough for you and I as well. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Again, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And that'll get you 15% off your order at built.com. Okay, guys, uh, one other thing that uh, really piqued my interest and was a big storyline within baseball was the MLB draft running through uh, from Sunday to Tuesday. Uh, and it's funny because, look, I, I enjoy watching the draft 
I love it. I, I just love drafts in general, NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, even though I know maybe 0.5% of these players, I've, I don't watch college baseball. I don't want, I definitely don't watch high school baseball. So <laughs> I, it, it's really just, I like learning about their stories and their backgrounds and what their numbers are. Um, but my biggest takeaway from the draft and again, I don't know if any of these raised players will be good. I look, they draft so-and-so, so-and-so. Okay. Uh, get back to me in five, six, seven years. And we'll see yeah, how these guys yeah, are yeah. doing, but they picked some great names. So some of the raised draft picks were yes. great baseball names. So I don't know if that correlates at all, but you've got it a Ryan. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've got a Ryan spikes. You've got a drew D R U Baker. You've got a Logan Workman. That's a reliever down the line. Yeah. Ian Leatherman, Cameron Fields. Like, if anything else, at least they picked some great names. I'm just saying. maybe they maybe they just had fun with it in the draft board. Like, all right, who's next on the, yeah. on the baseball yeah. punt? No, that's great. I, look, I think it was. I always won bats, you know, because of right. the pitching factor that the Rays are. Which I guess, if if you stray away too much from pitching, then you're then you're no longer the pitching factory that you are. Correct. So, um, but I always want bats. I always want the bats to kind of get the 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 lineup going, but. They surprised me with two high school kids uh, first. You know that that was surprising. I don't know if yeah. it was to you, Evan, but two high school kids, middle infield. That's probably what we had, and okay, that surprised me. Well, that makes a little bit of sense once you figure that if it, you know by the time that Wanders due for a contract, that you have your next crop of guys coming up. Uh, but but more importantly, the the guys they drafted at the top. Uh, no shocker, versatile dudes. Uh, right. One of the guys actually can fall back as a pitcher. Uh, yeah. Not quite a, a Brennan McKay, but somebody where they're saying we're going to let him hit. And if it doesn't work out, we do have this option to make him a pitcher because he throws 94 and has, you know, a couple of complimentary pitches, which, which can succeed at the next level. So the Rays showing you just again, how they love versatility and how they love to get guys who can do multiple things. So uh, that was something that stood out to me. Um, also the angels drafting all pitchers. Yes. Uh, that stood out to me, uh, you know, 20 the, out of 20, the, the anti Ulysses evidently. Um, and then um, also, you know, the, the Kumar rocker pick. Yes. You know, yeah. We're, we're, we're watching, MLB teams, the, the new thing to do now with the MLB draft, and it definitely needs some tinkering with the way that they structured it, but teams are now buying under slot early so that they can go over slot later and sort of finagle two first round picks by convincing a high school kid who is, you know, questions about signability, throwing a ton of money at him to say, hey, come on in. And and, and I'll just speak to the Mets because I, I feel like they s sort of cracked the code when they drafted Brett Beatty, who's a big prospect in the Mets organization right now, under slot at a high school in Lake Travis um, in Texas. And then they went after Matthew Allen, a pitcher who was, I believe, committed to Florida. I forget. Um, but I, I think he was, I forget what big college he was. But he was not supposed to get drafted because everyone said he's going to college and the Mets threw a ton of money at him and they were able to get him. So it was really two first round picks. But then what happens is the organization uh, drafts a bunch of college seniors who have zero ability to negotiate a contract for themselves because 
what other option do you have? You're stuck yeah. taking them in. So we're kind of in this awkward spot now where teams are really making two one one to two great selections and then just kind of diluting the rest of the field to take on guys with a min and say, screw it. Like, this is what you're getting. So I don't know if that's the, you know, I don't know if that's yeah. troublesome, but that is the trend that we're seeing. And, and it was just funny to me that a lot of these teams are trying to finagle their money to get a better player in the next round when Kumar Rocker, uh, he's, he's right there for the taking yeah. and you're just letting him go yeah. because you're focusing on the next round when you just, you have your, the guy that you're looking for next round right in front of you. So that was, that was weird. Just watching a bunch of underslot guys go ahead of him. And you can, I mean, you, you're okay with Henry Davis. You're okay with Jack Leiter, maybe going before him, but there were still, that's the Mets got him at 10. So there were still seven other teams that said, nah, no, thank you. Including in those seven teams, the, the, the angels and the Rockies. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, you you yeah. you prefer doing this over slot under slotting thing instead of just getting the guy that should be the next big thing. Look, uh, whatever. I mean, those organizations are are not. I'm not very fond of them because I, I feel like the front offices have really not done done, done a great job on on the field. So. Evan, would the solution be there's basically no negotiating? It's if you get picked eighth overall, this is what you get paid. We don't care if you're Barry Bonds the third or Joe Blow. That the eighth overall pick, you're you're getting guaranteed three and a half million. Whoever you pick, whether you want to pick the the eighty seventh ranked player, it doesn't matter. You know, you're yeah. that, that so where there's no kind of negotiating room where every every pick it's it's called for, and then the player and his agent or family can determine either I'm going to college or I'm going to sign with your team. Yeah. I think that what you have to do is, you know, similar to the NFL, right? The NFL has slots for those picks, but almost always the guys sign at slot. There's like very little negotiation. It's like, Hey, we might throw you like another $10,000. I don't know, but uh, Mm -hmm. you, you sign at slot. So I just think that, you know, maybe the first round, first two rounds, I don't know, whatever you want to make it. Let's just say the first round. First round, here are the slot of the picks. These are what you're going to get paid, all right? And, and no prospect should, you know, you can, you can decline the money right. and stay in school, go to college, whatever it might be, or, um, you know, take the money and, and just lock it in. Um, having said that, you know, there do the, an unintended consequence would be, well, I have to worry about signability and I don't want to waste this pick, but – that's no different than what is happening right now where that signability. So it just, you're just transferring the problem. So, I mean, and the problem has always been there of signability. I mean, the the race couldn't sign in 09 along Washington, didn't they, Kevin, they couldn't sign. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's been a problem. So yeah, I, I I agree with you, Evan, the, the whole trying to be finagling. I don't like it. Why are we we making it so complicated? Just here's a slot. Let's yes. move on. And then you, you, if you want, you can create a pool after round yeah. one when things, you know, when you, when you get, don't cost your fan base a top prospect because you're too worried of finagling money throughout your 20 picks. Like let's lock in round one and let's, let's figure it out later. And, 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 and by doing, 
And, and by doing slots, it would actually decrease the amount of time that these players might think about, oh, negotiating, oh, signing the deal. And sometimes these guys take so long that they don't even start their professional career until the next year or maybe uh, too late in, in, into the year. So if you make the slots, they act, you, you sign them, you get the money. OK, yeah. let's go to work. And that's what you want is to get these guys on the field in your organization to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things with the draft. I think maybe in the next CBA, the ability to trade draft picks could be big and maybe coming up with some lottery system like the NBA yeah. does where the teams with the 10, 12 worst records, you put those names into a hat, put those team names into a hat. And it, that way it's not tank for the number one consistently and try to play this Eliminate game. the tanking. Yeah. Yes. And also, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Stu Sternberg is, is very anti- the draft order right now with, mm-hmm. he, you know, he thinks it's ridiculous that, you know, a, a low revenue team like the Rays has to pick at 28 because they've won yet the Yankees who can spend out the wazoo, have, you know, have a crap season and they can pick at 10, let's say, you know, he thinks that's, that's ass backwards. I, I think that's crazy. Yeah. I agree. You have a choice to, to spend and not spend and you choose not to spend. So where he says, Oh, well, you're rewarding teams who have more money and yada, yada, yada. It's like, well, I mean, you want me to reward you for being stingy. I mean, that's, I'm not going to reward you for that either. That's, I mean, that's your choice. That is your choice to be stingy. And you've been very successful doing it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not hating the best organization in baseball, arguably, but I'm just saying like, that's not a good argument. No, that's how all drafts work is, if you win, if you're a championship caliber team, you're not getting the first overall pick or the second or third overall pick. You draft at the very end. That's how it works, and that's how it's supposed to work. In fact, and you get compensatory if, picks, which yeah, you, know, that, you lose a big player, you get a compensatory pick. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that solves it there. Look, I think he's just trying to find a way to nitpick and complain about something. And if that were to go into place, his idea of low-revenue teams being able to pick higher in the draft, wouldn't that just force him to spend more money? Because if you're picking fifth or sixth instead of 28th or 27th, that bonus pool is going to be higher and you're going to be more obligated to pay that guy. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what uh, Sternberg's thinking there. Also, with the draft, um, you want to shout out all the local kids that got drafted. I'm not going to go name by name, but like guys from 17, 18 local high schools and colleges got their names called, which is very that's awesome. uh, Very cool. And also, Evan, I'll say this. Um, I don't know if you've looked at all the Mets draft picks, but I'm going to say it right now. Uh, the guy who was picked in the ninth round, Levi David, out of Northwestern State, right-handed pitcher, that's going to be a big name to watch in the future. That's going to be an impact player or a consistent Save this clip. That's, yes. That's save actually, this clip. And that's actually the second straight year. Odd Northwestern State factoid here. Yes. Shout out. I, what are they, the <laughs> demons? I think they're the demons. Yes. The, are they the demons? Yeah, nice. The demons. Hey, oh, sports media, you dome. know the weird facts. There we right, go. Dude, look, there's some things up here that are just such a waste. It's like, yeah. why are you in my cranium? And there is some really <laughs> important stuff that's not in here. But I know Northwestern <laughs> State demons. But uh, back-to-back years, they drafted somebody, so they must have a really good scout down there. That's, you know, yeah. But in he, Louisiana, I think they are. Yeah, Louisiana. But here's my reasoning why he was a former state champion swimmer. And I think this could be the new wave, pardon the pun, uh, for MLB teams and franchises is they look at players or athletes that come from different 
athletic backgrounds. Yes. Like the Rays have Joe, uh, Joe Ryan, water polo. And I think the fact that this guy, Levi David, championship caliber swimmer, mm-hmm. he's got the core, he's got the full body strength, he's got the arm strength, probably big, broad shoulders. I think that's a pick. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things there. I think that's, it's like with the NFL, how they have an infatuation with basketball players becoming tight ends or like mm-hmm. six, nine offensive linemen. Yeah. I think we're going to start to see that in MLB. In fact, fun fact here, John Gant, who I spoke to a couple of years ago, went to Wiregrass Ranch High School in Wesley Chapel, was originally mm-hmm. drafted by the Mets, now plays for the Cardinals. He was a yeah. swimmer in high yeah. school. So maybe that's yeah. a little bit of a trend there. So uh, name to watch. Levi cool. David. There we go. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is, of course, in full swing, and that means you can track it all at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Be sure to head to the bet online. Uh, be sure to head to the bet online website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N again, L O C K E D O N bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, uh, let's get into some baseball trivia. Covered a lot of topics. Covered a lot of topics on the show today. Um, but let's have a little little fun here with some brief trivia. And my question for you guys, I know Ulysses, what? It's been a couple of weeks since we did a Name That War, right? It's it been a minute. It's like it's been a while. Okay, well, you know, we don't have much time left, so I figure I'll do a little Name That War that kind of connects with the recent MLB draft. Okay. There you go. 2008, the Rays' top draft pick, Tim Beckham. What is Tim Beckham's career war? I'll let Evan guess first, and then you'll uh, uh, I'm probably be too low. I, I, 5.2. Okay, 5.2. Uh, Ulysses, I hope you're – it looks like you're Googling something there. Are you looking at a screen? <laughs> Are you cheating? <laughs> Hands up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Hands up over here. Hands up. Um, I'm thinking that's a really good one, Evan, because I know he had one season where he crushed it with the Rays and then he got traded. Um, and then he started really hot with the Mariners in another one, like crazy hot. Is that worth three war plus another? Damn. Okay, I'm gonna go a little bit nicer than 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 Evan. I'm gonna go six point five. 6.5, 5.2, 6.5. Uh, you guys, at least according to Baseball Reference, are giving Tim Beckham way too much credit. His career <laughs> war is three point eight. Oh. Now his his offensive off. numbers weren't as terrible as you think. Like his career OPS is seven thirty three, but probably the strikeouts and the defense and some of the other metrics didn't help him out too much. And yeah, Ulysses, remember he had that, he got traded to Baltimore and then went on a tear. It was like, it was like the Willie Adamas 
Yes. 2000, whatever, whatever year he was traded. I'm looking at a, a 2017, 17, 18. Yeah. So, um, but then didn't do too much after that, but I mean, he put up good enough numbers where you'd think he'd still be playing in the league, but I guess maybe he just didn't fit the club hall, clubhouse or, you know, whatever reason, maybe he just retired on his own, but I mean, it took him. No, he's in triple a, he's oh, in triple a playing for- somewhere. I think he's uh, in the AAA Columbus Knights, who I think are the AAA team of the Chicago White Sox. Okay. I'm like 99.9% sure, but mm. I might, you know, just check me on that, everybody. If you're driving, don't With text and drive. The, but. There's a Tim Beckham Stan account. Yes. <laughs> Look, we don't forget. We don't forget that draft pick. I was actually watching that draft, believe it or not. I was at a workout facility in Savannah, Georgia, at my aunt and uncle's, and I was very excited until I saw that Buster Posey, this, you know, one of the best college baseball players of all time out of Florida state got picked, uh, not too long later. And it was, uh, hasn't been by the way, Buster Posey, uh, his career war right now. And he's still going strong. 43.7. little bit. Well, that was going to be my guess too. I was like, yeah. 40, you would have asked me, I would have been like 43.7. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get, he, he might, he might be a hall of famer. Who knows? Uh, okay, Evan, you have a little uh, ditty for us, a little something to, to close the show on? Yeah. Okay, so we got some all-star questions here. We just came off of all-star week. I think a couple of them are going to be easy, but I'm going to close out strong here. All right, who is the only MVP in Rays history? Carl Crawford. That's correct. Now, who is the only player in Rays history before Zanino to hit a home run in all-star game history? Hmm. Hmm. We need the the, the Jeopardy Pena. music. No, no. Look, I'm just gonna stop guessing. Like Ulysses was so taken aback by that guess. I'm out. See you guys later. All right, Ulysses, this is on you. Take your yeah. damn guess. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Corey Dickerson. And I fooled you guys because it's Carl Crawford too. Oh, <laughs> oh no! I knew I knew the setup was really important there. <laughs> so Carl Very Crawford good. has both. Um, That's and I guess now Zanino joins him. Um, yeah. Also, who was the first ever Rays All Star? Well, they must have had one in '98. That is correct. They did. Well, who are we going with, Kevin Castilla? We're going Conseco. Are we going McGriff or or Boggs? It's it's Ooh. one of those. It's I'll say McGriff. Neither of those. Oh my gosh! Really? Rolando Orojo. Oh, I was right there. Rolando Orojo. How about that for a name in the blast from the past? And and yeah. the last the last one I'll give you is who is the first raised hitter? to get a hit in an all-star game. All right, I'm doubling down. I'm going Fred McGriff. Nope. I'm going with uh, Rocco Baldelli. Nope. It was Randy Wynn in 2002. (sighs) You know, that Devil Race trivia is going to get you. It just always gets you. Yeah. The the purple and the and and the green always get you. Before before 2006, Randy Wynn was the only Rays player to have a hit. And then wow. and then Carl That's Crawford depressing. hit the home run. And then the next year, Deanna Navarro got a hit. And uh and then Evan Longoria got a hit or he got a double. I think he's actually the only he might be the only nope. Uh oh yeah. 
Evan Longoria is the only Rays player to have a double in the All-Star game. He's done it twice. So Nice. But, yeah. You know, it's crazy. In 2008, Evan Longoria had four at-bats, and Navarro had five at-bats. He had five plate appearances. Wow. Hey, God, must have been a long put, one. Put an effort into the game. It's you show up for the thing you play in the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. All you got to do. By the show way, up. I think that just I think that just speaks to uh, how I mean, if you're a Rays fan and you're watching this team, you should be thankful that the Rays are the way they are now. Because back in the day, Devil Rays era, Vince Namoli era, your your headliners were Randy Wynn and Rolando yeah. Arroyo. Rojo, yeah. I mean, that, the, the Rolando or that, please, if you're listening, test out your friends because that is a really tough one to get. <laughs> yeah. I guess I can't uh, use that as a name that war for next week. People are going to be looking that up left and right. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. There we go. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm how- curious on Randy yeah. wins war as you wrap things Ooh. up. We'll look it up. Okay. Uh, well, while you're looking that up, Evan, uh, I want to ask you how people can find your work. Yes. Uh, again, at, E. Klosky, WTSP on Twitter. Uh, please hit me up. I, I, I'm talking all things Rays. The lightning season is over, but, you know, there's there's always something going on, especially with them in the offseason. The Bucks they start training camp in about 10 days, so we're going to be talking about that. So anything going on with Tampa sports, uh, Tampa St. Pete sports, I should say, uh, you know, please hit me up. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, at E. Klosky. We have everything on our website at 10tampabay.com. And again, if you hit me up on social media, 99.9% of the time, I will hit you back. And, uh, you know, I'll have some fun with you as well. So, you know, we appreciate your support and and your viewership. Thank you so much. Evan is great on social media. Uh, By the way, I don't know if you found Randy Wynn's career. I I do have Randy Wynn's war. And just very quickly, first number that comes to mind, guys. Uh, 22. I was, uh, I actually looked it up already. So, oh, I, well, yeah. on Fangrass, it was 28. Hey, okay. Not bad for just at the jump, not thinking. Yeah. Okay. Baseball okay. reference has it at 27 and a half. So, honestly, I'm sorry. I, I cut Randy Wynn short. I apologize for that. Full disclosure. Yeah. So, I'm yeah, going to throw that out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, Evan Ulysses. That wraps up this edition of the Locked On Rays podcast. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked On Today podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.